This is Dennis Ramundi. I'm here with my co-host, Phil Goldberg. Our podcast, Spirit Matters, found at spiritmatterstalk.com. Our guest today, back on the show, Jai Utal. He is a Grammy-nominated singer and a pioneer in the world music community with his eclectic East meets West sound. He is a sacred sound. He's a sacred music composer, recording artist, and uh, he tours and he thrills audiences everywhere. I've listened to you online. I've listened to recordings. I love your stuff, and I have yet to see you in person, but that's on my list of things to do yeah. once this pandemic ends. Thank you so very much for taking the time to come on back on with us. You know, you know, you can sort of see me live because I've been doing every Friday uh, Pacific time, 4 p.m. live stream concerts. So it's not really live, but you know, you'll you'll see me. <laughs> well, well, that, that you anticipated my first question. That's since, the future, since, yeah. Since you've been on the show before, people uh, who want to know your your background can listen to our first interview. Uh, but we are recording this on May twenty third, twenty twenty. We are right in the middle of the pandemic. Uh, shut down globally, and uh, my questions. I was going <laughs> to, I was going to ask uh, how you are dealing with this moment, and uh, personally, because you know you're somebody who's used to being in uh, performing in front of people, and how you are serving your fans who have come to, you know. Uh, expect to be with you in your workshops and, and your concerts? Well, you know, that's a multifaceted question. There's Jai, who's just a, a father, a family person, somewhat of a homebody. And there's Jai, who's, you know, worldwide performer. Now, really, you know, in truth, they're the same people. But but they their lifestyles are different. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, on a personal level, <clears throat> you know, I find myself on an on a emotional seesaw. You know, one day, ah, really not one day. What you know, hour by hour, minute by minute. Sometimes I feel, you know, so uh, open hearted and 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 delighting in my family being so much more time together and and you know practicing music getting into different kinds of things that I haven't been able to work on for a long long time and all as well and then then other times I, I literally feel like I'm crawling the walls um, uh, super irritated and claustrophobic and you know uh, just like anyone I uh, um, what I'm doing to share with others and, and to, you know, also, we all know that when we share with other people, when we give something to other people, when we're kind to other people, it makes our own hearts feel better. So, you know, I've been doing at least once a week, sometimes twice a week, but, but minim at minimum, once a week concerts on Fridays at 4 p.m., my time, Pacific time, hour and a half concerts. And sometimes we've been doing them on, on Facebook and Instagram live. And sometimes we're doing them on zoom asking for a small, you know, ticket price and, uh, technologically, is that the right word? It's always like, oh, stressful, like getting it set up and cause I'm just so not used to it. Mm. But once I, 
once I start rolling, I'm, it, it makes me feel very happy and I get so much positive feedback. And, you know, the other thing is that uh, all of my gigs through 2020, possibly further, I don't know yet, have been canceled. And so we're uh, left with pretty much no income and no savings and we rent. So, you know, <laughs> it's yes. like, it, so, you know, uh, I don't know. So, you know, when I do the concerts, I ask, I don't beg, but I ask people if they want to offer donations, please do so. And uh, I've also been doing some really fun little, I call them Corona collaborations with other musicians, you know, recording videos, something mm. uh, long, long distance and, and having other people contribute, which it, you know, it, it, it's just, as I'm talking to you, I'm realizing that everything that I'm doing to offer hope and, and caring and just love to other people uh, uh, uplifts my own heart so much when, when I'm just here on, on my own, you know, it's hard. I'm tending to get a little, a little depressed and a little down. And, uh, you know, because everything's closed here. The parks are closed. The beaches are closed. Mm. We have, and our home is very, very small. And, and well, thank God, we have, you know, as a family unit, thank God we all really love each other. It doesn't mean that sometimes we don't get on each other's nerves. Um, <laughs> But, you know, no explosions. And, and uh, oh, yeah. And so I also just released an album. Yes. N now, I don't, w the music was recorded and, and wasn't meant to be an album. Cause I, and I don't really have a studio in my home. I just, you know, I record a lot of stuff on my iPad, really. <clears throat> but I don't have a, you know, a real recording studio at home. And, I had made these songs just over the course of, of about seven or eight years. I had made these songs as birth, birthday gifts for my wife, Nubia. And they're instrumental guitar meditations for her to use in her yoga classes. And they're very, very um, calm, very, very chill. And at the same time, very, I think, beautiful and spontaneous. And so they were just for her. And she's played them a lot in her yoga classes. And people are always asking, where can I get that music? And she kind of laughs and says, no, oh, this is my private Jai collection. But she thought that right now, um, you know, it was about a month ago, actually, we had the conversation. And, and I think, I think in the U.S., the anxiety has softened a little bit I think anyway you know it was like full-on freak out mode for the whole world and and Nubia suggested you know I love these songs and I love that they're just for me but I think this is a moment where the whole world would find this music valuable and helpful to calm down and and soothe the minds and, and relax the hearts. And at first I I didn't want to at first because you know there's no singing. It's very not like the Jai Utah repertoire. 
And I thought, you know, that's kind of weird. But then I realized that anything we can do to help each other during this time is more important than any kind of Jayutal branding <laughs> or anything like that. You know what I mean? Yes. And, and so we uh, we remixed and remastered it. Ben did that. You know, we uh, I didn't go to his house. It was all it was all um, remote. And then we released it. And uh, I, I'm actually not following Spotify or Apple Music to see how many streams it's gotten. I I I, I found that following that stuff makes me crazy. I know so, the feeling as an author. Yeah, so so I, we just put it out, and and our friend Susan Van Segern is putting a little time into promoting it. And I tell you, I've gotten such beautiful feedback from people that that they they have it on all day long in the background, and and it's just uh, taking an edge off off. You know, it's 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 almost medicinal, I think. But John, um, let me ask you a question along these lines. Okay. Uh, Again, this is May 2020. We're in the middle of this pandemic. Things are starting to open up a bit, but still pretty shut down worldwide, not just in the United States. Yeah. And uh, a lot of people might not be familiar with sacred music, your type of music, but what better time to start listening uh, than now? Uh, uh, the time is there, opportunity to listen to, uh, expose yourself to new things. And this music, I would think, uh, for me anyway, is particularly uh, helpful, relaxing. Uh, we're going inward anyway, uh, uh, helping one to go inward. Uh, for those that are that are new to the type of music that you do, how do you recommend they approach it? Is it the type of music where they sit back, close their eyes and just sort of let it go in? Do they Do they listen to it differently than they might listen to jazz or classical or rock? Uh, that's a great question. Uh, let me preface my answer by saying that my many, many, many previous albums are unlike this because all those albums have many varied rhythms. Some of them are very up tempo. Uh, it's all I feel sacred music, but um, you know, a lot of it has uh, a dance feel, samba, reggae, and and this is different because there is no rhythm. There's no, the, all there is, is is some very complex drones that I did actually create on my iPad, GarageBand. And then I took those to the studio and, and did guitar improvisations in a somewhat Indian raga style. Now I, I, I have to say somewhat because having studied Indian classical music for so many years, uh, I, I have so much respect for it that I would never say that what I'm doing is Indian classical music. However, it is based on on my studies of that. Mm -hmm. so, so then, back to your question, I think, you know, I always thought, I always, I always looked down, you know, slightly snobbishly on new age music that was meant to be in the background while you did other things. But now, in this time, I think that very, very calming, medicinal, uh, healing music is a really nice thing to have in the background while, mm. while, ever, while, while you're doing whatever you're doing. I think 
if one if someone sits in meditation, it's a great thing to listen to. I also think it's a great thing to listen to if you're, you know, wanting to take a nap or, or relax and go to sleep. So it's not like listening to jazz, I don't think, or or to rock. I, you know, it's hard to say because everyone has has different um, moods of listening. Yeah. But but I think it's it's more it's more like a a balm. You know what I mean? A soothing balm. Yes. To, to have on throughout the day, or you know, for some periods in the day when, say, you're writing, say you're working on uh, stuff on the internet, say you're cooking, washing the dishes, stuff like that. Um, and I and I so I no longer look look down snobbishly at at the fun at that particular function of music. I I guess I was a late believer. <laughs> well, having listened to some of it, I I can say that it does have that soothing, calming effect. And um, um, to be honest, unlike a lot of new age music I listened to in the years ago. Um, the it has substance. It has some quality of musicality that is often missing in just these sort of relaxation music. And and your my question, um, I have to say this. This will sound like uh, I'm uh, uh, <laughs> going too far to, with my compliments, but um, uh. <laughs> no. But what what occurred to me here's. You're used to using uh, mantra uh, in your kirtan as, yes, as, as a bhakti musician, as a, as a, a bhakta. And, um, and now you're, you're, you made this album for the first time without uh, the, the vocal quality and without the Sanskrit uh, kirtan uh, and the quality of sound that the mantras carry. It reminded me of George Harrison doing Wonderwall. To, to make uh, to give yeah. us to give us uh, to give away our ages, but you know, to, to a complete uh, change away from uh, one genre to all instrumental. So one of my questions was, what was that like for you, and what what is how do you uh, anticipate people experiencing it with differently from when you do kirtan with a group? Well, yeah, I, I do think that people might be surprised to tune into a new Jai record and find that it's got no vocals and no mantras. Um, and that was, you know, part of my initial reluctance to make it into a public release. Uh, but, you know, that music that's on Gory's Lullaby is something that I do at home for years and years and years. Uh, you know, it's not like I do it every day, but mm. I set, but periodically, and sometimes more than other times, I set up my equipment in such a way that I can create a really nice drone and, and have it on, you know, on a loop. And then I just improvise. I play, you know, based on Indian ragas. I improvise for a long, long time. I, I, I never put it out. I never record it it's just you know it's very very soothing and calming to my own spirit I, I i'm in general 
I'm an anxious person, you know, I, I uh, you know, I've had anxiety issues my whole life, and especially in, in my mid and late 60s, it, it's come a little closer to the surface. And now, certainly now, you know, with this huge transformation, I'll call it that, you know, it's even more, more bubbling. So, but so over the years, periodically, I, I just sit down and I create a drone and I, I do this. So it's, it's, for me, it's been part of my musical home life for, you know, forever since I started studying music with Alaric Barkhan, which was uh, 19, I don't know, I was 19, I think, uh, and I'm 69, so actually I can't do the math. But, um, <laughs> but um, so now I totally forgot your question, but... Um, how how would I'm I'm asking not just because they're your fans and they're used to something, but with respect to the uh, the, the the bhakti component in using mantra, how mm. would how are listeners experiencing this in that in a different way in a context? Yeah. Yes. Okay. I'm sorry. You know, well, bhakti. There's many many practices in bhakti and in the in bhakti yoga and. Kirtan singing and and mantra repetition are are, you know, um, probably at the forefront of the practices in bhakti, but devotional music, particularly in the Indian classical tradition, is another limb of of devotional yoga and and uh, the practice or the pursuit of what's called nada brahma, which means God is sound or sound is God. Is is you know is tangential also to the bhakti yoga practices. So you know my teacher Ali Akbar Khan uh, always always emphasized that the that each of these ragas was was a divine invocation, and the and that the ragas. Should, should be treated and experienced with so much reverence, just in the same way we experience and, and appreciate mantras that we mm. sing. Mm. So, uh, though, though, again, it might surprise people, I, coming from me, but I, I feel that the, um, the devotional, internal devotional attitude is completely present in these melodies, well, or in my in my, what should I say, uh, creation, performance of these melodies as it is when I'm singing mantras. Mm. So, you know, the place that I was coming from in my heart was not different. And, and you know, as always, I hope that that, that uh, gets transmitted through the music. Um, you never know, right? And, <laughs> and, and um, but the intention, the spiritual intention, the devotional intention, intention was no different. And, you know, this is what Ali Akbar Khan, I don't know if your listeners know who that is. He's, he died. I, I, I want to, I, I got to meet Ali Akbar Khan at a concert he did at Maharishi University uh -huh. back in about, I don't know, 75 or 76. And uh, one of the things that I, I was, I uh, was able to go backstage and speak with him. An amazing man. And, and I, I remember he always, ca he carried a picture of his teacher with him. And I don't remember 
his name. Uh, who, who, I'm curious who oh, that, that oh, might yes. be. And, uh, it was his father, Alauddin, Usad okay. Alauddin Khan, who was his teacher, who was also the teacher of Ravi Shankar, uh, and many other of the greats, you know, in Indian classical music. Um, but yeah, also, I, I wanted I wanted to say one other thing, and then reflect on him because uh, I I do remember they were having all kinds of problems with the sound system that would have driven any other musician nuts, <laughs> and he was incredibly calm through the whole thing, yeah. and then finally, uh, it, uh, after several mishaps, they got the sound working properly, and he was fantastic, but. It didn't seem to affect him one bit, so uh, I was very impressed with that. He he, you know I don't know. He was such a has been and still is in a way, even though he's not here physically. Has been such an important, important, huge influence on on my life, and yeah, he was a human being. He had his his ups and downs. He was had his. Uh, you know, super angst and his issues, but he was one of the most internally focused people I've ever met. And so the external sound problems or whatever, they barely got to him, you know? Because yeah. I, I don't know really what what his mind was doing, or, but it was like he lived, it seemed, in Raga world. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he always inculcated in, in his students the sacredness of music. And he taught us vocal music as well, and they were all devotional songs. But he, it's you know, he never taught kirtan or that kind of thing, and um, that wasn't his path. But but the sacredness of sound and the importance of the spiritual intention behind the creation of the music, or you know, inherent in the creation of music, you know, that was his. That was his. Uh, that was his whole being. Hmm. So, and I studied with him on and off for 40 years. Uh, um, and, you know, became very close to his family and produced two albums for him. And, and you know, so his influence was, was huge. So for me, doing the instrumental, I'll tell you the truth. For, in the story of my life, so to speak, I was always much more at home I don't mean at home, but you know, like in comfort zone, uh, playing instrumental music rather than singing. Hmm. And I and I was always for for the whole like earlier part of my life, dreadfully self-critical and, and shy about singing in front of other people. And it was Ali Akbar Khan who literally forced me to start singing because he said he wouldn't teach me the instrumental music unless I also studied the vocal music. Huh. So, um, you know, so years, over, over years, you know, things kind of, you know, we evolve and, and singing now is, is my primary vehicle of uh, devotion, expression, sharing, um, music, etc., etc. But, but really the instrument, devotional instrumental music was my first kind of home base. So, uh, anyway, so back to how people experience it when they listen to it. Again, as I said, I, I can never really know that, but my hope is that it will be like listening to a mantra repetition. It won't be like a lively kirtan, you know, with rhythm and, and you know, a, you know, 
where ecstasies and etc etc but i i hope that people will feel that it is a completely prayer like experience for me as i created it mm. and, and you know that also the fact that they were made as loving gifts for nubia uh, i think well again i hope you know adds to this kind of very personal love note sort of vibe the uh the title of the album is gowrie's lullaby gowrie g-a-u-r-i gowrie's lullaby tell us about the title and what gowrie means gowrie is uh, um one of the names of the wife of shiva and um it means brilliant and shining and golden um and you know wife of shiva meaning uh, her other names are parvati durga so many aspects and and gauri is is one of her names and the extra meaning of that is that uh, our spiritual mother sidima who was one of neem crowley baba's you know very very early disciples her husband actually was one of maharaji's first disciples gave that name to nubia now nubia doesn't use that name uh except she never uses that name except in like her prayers and when she's talking internally to sidima and you know we don't call her that and and uh but since the music was gifts for nubia I called the songs, you know, what was it, Gori's Lullaby, Gori's um, Golden Gori, Golden, you know, all the different names have that in it. And and so that's why it's called that. And once again, you know, at first I thought, well, you know, all my albums, some of them are are more reggae some of them are a little bit more traditional, leaning towards India. Nothing's completely traditional, but, but I always made sure that I had English titles for the albums because I wanted the title to be evocative but also accessible. Mm. And so at first, uh, you know, we thought, okay, what are we going to call this? We, and it just seemed like Gori's Lullaby was just the right name and then subtitled Music for Healing and Other Joys, which was a little bit of a, you know, like a, what's the word? A, I had previously put out an album a whole bunch of years ago called Music for Yoga and Other Joys, which was also slightly satirical, not the album, but the title, because in the fifties, in the there were, the, you know, there was this, or early sixties, there was this movement of um, super ch chill, ambient jazz albums that came out. And one of them was music, I think I, I'm not totally sure, but music for meditation and other joys or something like that. So, I, you know, I was sort of jokingly making a play off of that title of that early album. Uh, wait, know, wait I have to ask, are you referring to Tony Scott's music for Zen meditation? Uh, no, there was. Some, oh, OK. Uh, yes, <laughs> there was that. But it was something earlier. Okay. Do, you remember, do you remember a composer called Esquivel? No. Dennis, do you remember? Esquivel, in the, no. What instrument? Uh, or, uh, he was an orchestral composer. 
you gotta check it out. It was, I think, late 50s, and it was all sort of like a precursor to new age music, but done done with, you know, he, he was a uh, Hispanic guy, it was, it was done with Latin kind of harmonies, and but it was for the hipsters, and it, <laughs> like like in Mad Men, you remember the, the TV yeah, show Mad yeah. Men? Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. it was for that period, or, and before. And I don't remember the name of the album, but it was something like that and other joys. Oh. And so, so, yeah, so it was like a, a little play on that. And so we wanted to also give a sense of what Gory's Lullaby was. And so it's music for healing. I mean, that's just sort of saying what it is. But that would be sort of a bland title, music for healing. So we added music for healing and other joys. Sounds great. Great. Uh, I have to say, Phil, uh, any final questions that you have? No, uh, uh, we'll leave it for Jai to leave our listeners with uh, anything he'd like to add. And I want to just uh, repeat the name of the album is Gauri's Lullaby. And uh, if they go to uh, Jai Utal's website uh, they'll and Spotify and all the other places, they can have it. And I, I can... Uh, predict that it will be a very useful and um, uh, addition to their uh, listening repertoire, especially during this uh, crazy period. Right. And, and let's hope the next time, uh, Jai, you are on the show, we are, off, we are past the pandemic yes. and you are out uh, performing once again in public. I, I look forward to that for sure. I think that this pandemic is going to change the world in ways that we can't yet perceive. This is right. such a such a huge, huge, huge thing, event in history. And I really pray that when, when and if it's over, that people will come out of it more compassionate, more caring, more concerned for the environment, rather than the opposite of all that. Because, you know, um, being in isolation, well, it, it, it's like death, you know. Death brings out either the best or the worst of, in people. Mm. You know, and, and you see it, you know, when, uh, you know, somebody's family member dies or something, sometimes there's huge uh, uh, falling out around like the inheritance and, you know, so many things. And other times it brings a family that that might have not been very close. It brings them very much together. So, you know, I'm hoping that, that we come out of this pandemic having learned how interconnected we are. Yeah. And, and how, how, how we've seen that disaster strikes uh, yes, it's worse for, for the, you know, in, uh, poor, impoverished people and the people of color. It's worse for them. But yet it strikes everyone. It's a richer, poor, higher, low, you know, right, right. and and that can make everybody more afraid and more paranoid or it can make everybody more uh, realize more how connected and how deeply dependent we are on each other and and how 
much we need to honor Mother Earth and all the all the things. You know, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. In human history, human history doesn't make me completely optimistic, but nonetheless, I do have hope, and and I I'm doing my best to offer my best and give my best to the world right now. Uh, sometimes my best isn't very great, but nonetheless, it's it's what I can do, and I and, and I keep that you know I try to keep that in my consciousness. Well, the more of us that do that, especially people with your gifts the more likely the positive outcome will be. Jai, thanks so much for being with us. Thanks for uh, Gower's Lullaby and all your good work. Thank you, Phil, and thank you, Dennis. And let me, let me just add that if people go to my website, they'll also be able to know when I'm doing these live stream concerts. Great. Mm. And, um, you know, a live stream concert is not like an in-person concert. It's obviously... Well, you know, we're, we're, not, we're not all together, but it's something and, and it's and I put a lot of heart and soul into these concerts and, and I'd love people to tune in. Great. Thanks again. Thank you, so much. Thank you guys. Take Thank care. You. And well, take bye. take care. Yeah, stay healthy and try try to have some fun. Be safe. Bye.